High Noon with George Hook. Thanks to ClaytonHotels.com with 17 hotels across Ireland and the UK. Heading over now, thanks to the wonders of Marconi's invention, uh, to Michael Graham in Washington, D.C. I remember Marconi very well, of course, whereas Michael doesn't. How are you, Michael? I'm fine. And by the way, congratulations on Ireland having its first openly center-right Taoiseach. Way to go. We're very impressed over here that you guys are joining the conservative tide in Ireland. Yeah, we are. But I'm far more worried by the fact that up to 100 Bank of Ireland branches, and I've been with the Bank of Ireland man and boy, and they're not going to accept cash or coins they're not going to have any foreign exchange so when i come to visit you i won't be able to get any dollars uh, if i and because i come to visit you i have to bring a ton of money with me to take it out <laughs> they can't give me a ton of money there's going to be no people there to talk to me it's outrageous That's right. no. No people to talk to you. There will instead be that thing that the vast majority of the world uses called technology. And you walk up to the machine and you pop in your card and you get out what you need and you deposit every I deposit my checks online. I use my phone to deposit checks because I can. But, you know, hold a while, Michael, when you go into the Bank of America, I don't in downtown Washington, D.C. I never I never go into I cannot remember the last time I was in a bank. Why would I go in a bank? If I need cash, I go to the ATM. Where are you going to get your euros when you're coming over to me? I'll go to the ATM. No, you won't do. It won't give you the the number of euros you want. Mm-hmm. I, or I go to a well. First of all, I don't go to banks in the United States for foreign currency anyway. You go to, to these foreign currency exchange shoppies, you know that. And they uh, charge your fortune. Everywhere. They charge your fortune, Graham. Well, they charge you something, absolutely. But banks don't exist, George, as social societies for people who have nothing better to do than stand in line and chat with the teller about their grandkids, which is what you and the geezer class do. Which is why I avoid the bank and I avoid grocery stores that don't have check yourself lines. If I go in a grocery store and I have to stand in line and wait for somebody to ring up my you know, bread and milk, I go to a different store where I can ring it up myself. No chit chat, no talk, no how's your mom and them. Just let's get in okay. here. Let's do a transaction and go home. Hold on, Michael. The fastest growing and soon to be the majority in the world, I'm delighted to say, are old people. So you're going to just have to get used to it, that you're going to have to adjust to us, not us, adjust to you. This staying in line thing is really interesting. I always go to stay in line because the the people behind the checkout desk are invariably young and attractive. But (laughs) I was in London and I wanted to buy... um, uh, a chocolate ice cream. Do you know what that is? A magnum, okay? I just wanted to buy one magnum. So I think I'll really go to the electronic place and get through quickly. I eventually went back to the deep freeze, put the magnum back, and walked out of the store because this huge electronic thing just couldn't handle one magnum. Well, uh, that's funny because my experience is the opposite. When I want to buy an ice cream, I walk in a store and I see a line of people waiting for the register. And then I see that vending machine that I walk up to. I I have no cash. 
I take out my phone. I put my thumb on my iPhone pad. The phone tells the machine I've got the money. I tell the machine I want the ice cream. The ice cream drops down. Everybody goes home happy, George. This is the way the real world works. And what's happening, as you saw in the uh, the uh, article in the Irish Times, I think it was, no, the Irish Examiner about the age action, you know, it criticized the Bank of Ireland. Only 3% of their transactions are people standing at the counter, shuffling through their pennies. But, but the reason, yeah. That niece and nephew. Get, so that's why they're not doing it anymore, because nobody does it. It costs them money. They lose money conducting this uh, transaction oh. from 50 years ago, and it's not the job of banks or grocery stores to lose money because you don't have anything better to do on a Thursday afternoon. No, but that's okay. I, I'd be okay if you were just worried about banks. But you're, you're, like, you're so anti-geezer, it's not true. You want me to take special driving tests. You want me to drive in a particular way. I mean, you're you're sort of uh, you're you're a kind of an apostle or for <laughs> a treat the old geezers no, badly. You are. I'm, I'm an apostle for the rest of us who are trying to get to work so we can pay our taxes, so we can subsidize. You mentioned, for example, earlier in your conversation that only half of Ireland workers have a pension. It's the half who work for the government. Well, they don't pay for their pensions. Their pensions are not fully funded. Where does the money come from to fill out those pensions? From the people who are working for a living. And somebody needs to be on their side. I don't know if you saw the story today, George. There was an, a, a, a car a death in Limerick today. The driver was, quote, in his 70s. Now, I don't know for a fact that his age was directly res, you know, responsible for that wreck. We don't. I haven't seen enough reporting yet. But I do know for a fact that once you hit the age of 70, the possibility of you hurting someone in a car accident goes way up. That's just a fact. That's outrageous, Graham. That's outrageous. You're just picking me out from the fast bulk of drivers who are going home on the N11 tonight, and you're saying, watch out for Hook. So suddenly now you create... They're all given out to me because I think cyclists are dangerous. You're just the same, except instead of cyclists for you, it's old geezers. Well, I just want to say uh, to all of Ireland, as someone who has ridden with George many times, get out of the way. George Hook <laughs> is coming and has nothing to do with his age. But the, 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 the science is very clear on this. The uh, number of accidents per miles driven goes up starting at 70. It goes up precipitously starting at 80. And so, yes, there's an age point where drivers should be forced to retake the road test to keep the rest of us safe from you. And this is the sense of entitlement I don't get. When did old people decide that being old entitled them to have their own, uh, to, to be catered to by everyone else? Look, the, the banking, the grocery store, the shopping, the internet, the phone industries are all moving along to serve the vast majority of customers. It's not their job to lose money because you yeah. don't like the, okay. the way they're doing yeah. it. Okay. Uh, okay. I, I buy all that. I think it's a very sane and sober argument. Okay. But as Annie says in, in, in the text... Michael is going to grow old himself one day. Now, the problem for you, Graham, is when you get to my age, okay, the entire population of the world will be unable to speak or write 
or do anything because they do everything on their phone and they won't That's be right. able to right. So the only people on the planet who will be able to talk, unlike the movie, will not be the apes. It'll be the old people. And the old people <laughs> will be running the world because we're the only people who will be able to talk, write, add, subtract. No, you'll be defending cursive writing and the need for a postman to walk to your house with a piece of paper on a regular basis, and the rest of us will be living life on the interwebs where we uh, where we live it. Now, I, I got to interrupt. Are you opposed to writing? Just say it for the Irish listeners. Michael Graham is opposed to writing. One of the biggest wastes of time in government-run schools is trying to teach kids the archaic skill of cursive writing. It is a complete waste of time. But, George, I have a completely off-the-topic question. I just need to ask you because I don't know something. It's about politics. Yeah. The new Taoiseach's name. How do you say this guy's name? Varadkar. Varadkar, okay. Yeah, He's because his father is Indian. He's mixed yeah, race. I read about that. I also read uh, that he's openly gay and that he's a would be in the United States a Tea Party member. Is that accurate? Oh, no. What, do you mean he drinks tea? No, 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 no. That he's uh, uh, on the right. He's a man of the right. and that's nah. uh, the, Here's the headline from National Review magazine, which is a conservative magazine in the United States. Quote, Ireland's first openly center-right Taoiseach. Yeah, well, he, the thing is, all Tishig, which is the plural of Tishok. So uh, try that again. Tishig is Tishig. the plural. Yeah, is the plural of Tishok. Um, all Tishig of the Fine Gael party. Fine Gael will be a centre right party, not a centre left party, in my opinion. So they were all centre right, really. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I wouldn't panic just yet that there's a revolution going to take place in Ireland. But he's the, he's the first uh, openly gay. I mean, we may have had other ones. We don't know because they didn't tell us. But he's the first teacher who's told us um, he was gay. Do you agree with him that uh, his party should be a warm house for social conservatives? Yeah, it always was. Okay. Like me. <laughs> All right, good, good. I just, I just, I'm, I find this absolutely fascinating. And of course, the same Ireland that has him for Taoiseach will turn around and slavishly cling to the EU and tell, please Brussels, please tell us how to no. run our country. No. And on and on. I, okay. I, not know, a problem. I, okay. There was one. By the way, I, I, I sent in my membership card to the uh, Democratic Unionist Party. I'm, I'm jumping on board. <laughs> I cannot wait to be part of the new governing coalition, baby. Listen, I, the thing I thought, I thought of you. Instantly, when in the when I woke up and the election result came in for Britain, all right, and and Britain's equivalent of Bernie Sanders nearly made it, okay, yeah. <laughs> because because they put forward as prime minister the only person in the entire Tory party who could lose the election. And Maybe I thought the Democrats and the Tories ought to get together. They both put forward the only candidate who could lose the election to a lunatic. You know, I, I, as I said over here, when some people are asking about it, because they know I do this radio show with you, and so they assume, you know, Ireland, England, it's all the same. Uh, I said, Theresa May is the Hillary Clinton Absolutely. of the UK. Absolutely. And she, no one wanted to vote for her. She had no reason to vote for her. But I just disagree with I about tell you, but Corbyn, who leads the Labour Party over here, makes Bernie Sanders look like Ronald Reagan. 
No, no, no. I agree with you. I think it's an insult, and I, I mean this sincerely. It's an insult to Bernie Sanders to compare him to that sleazy, pro-communist, anti-Semitic, lunatic kookburger that is Jeremy Corbyn. He is a repulsive human being who makes your current Irish president seem rational. <laughs> you don't like our current Irish president, but you know he doesn't like you. No, no, I like him fine as a guy. It's just that his politics are. When, when you're willing to hang out with Hamas and Hezbollah, you need to really rethink your worldview. And that's Jeremy Corbyn and our good friend, Michael D. So, Well, Michael D. Higgins, our president, and uh, Jeremy Corbyn share the same view on, on Palestine. That is absolutely correct. And that's a different view from me, and that's a different view from you. Okay, uh, Myriad, Mayride, M-A-I-R-E-A-D. Myriad, Myriad. Thank you. Uh, his tweets that uh, she doesn't care that Vadadkar is gay. She just wants to know what he's going to do for the country. She thinks I'm an idiot, and she doesn't know why you let me on the radio. Now, you're okay with Vadadkar, aren't you? Oh, she said, some people don't trust banks, and rightly so. What do you mean you don't trust? What? what? <laughs> Nobody in Ireland trusts banks, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> well, then why do you care whether or not there's a teller at the window? So you, so you go visit them so you can talk to them, but you don't trust them. No, but you go okay. to the window because I want to make sure it's real money I'm getting. <laughs> the, the the stuff that comes out of the ATM, George, if you ever try it, is real money. I <laughs> promise you, George, it really is. And the internet is not a secret plot to take away the vital fluids in your body. And it's not this and the CIA is not sending messages to the fillings in your teeth with their secret technology. It's it's safe, George. It's okay. Thanks, Michael, for that reassurance. Michael Graham in Washington, D.C., on the program every week at this time. And as Taxi Pat says, it's the highlight of his radio week. Michael Graham, a man with a real sense of what's really going on.